Okay, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell, coming to you live from the Complete Media Network. And our regular guest Monday is Jason Cameron. Uh, Super happy, really excited. This is going to be a phenomenal podcast. Cannot wait. How's it going, buddy? It's going well. It's going good. Uh, Today, I was able to avoid the torrential downpour that happened at a couple times during the day. So, I'm actually quite happy about that. Very, very happy. <laughs> nice. Yeah, me too. I, I avoided. I'm on a nice long weekend here. Four days off. Uh, really enjoying it. Can't wait for another day tomorrow. Uh, it was really great to see you this weekend. Uh, we had a phenomenal time getting together, watching the UFC uh, at a new place called GPO. Uh, pretty cool. I'm glad we uh, did that. Uh, it sure made the UFC fun. Uh, it was great to get together. Yes, it was great to get together with you and our and our other friend uh, Keith. It was it was a good night of fights all yeah. around. It was actually a great night of fights, man. Great yeah. night. Yeah, oh, it sure was. I can't wait to break them down. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to check it out. Uh, you know, USC two sixty six. They really stacked the card. They put a, a ton of fights that um, they thought were going to be good, and uh, turned out that they they were really right. Uh, the matchmakers were on par and uh, on point, and uh, it was fun. It was really fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the matchmakers got it right this time around. Uh, the main event was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was awesome. Uh, yeah, a lot of fights were very very good. Very great fights. Great night of fights. As I was uh, getting together uh, today, trying to put this together, I was thinking about. You and me and how similar we are. Uh, we have the same job. Uh, we have the same love of sports. We um, uh, also have the same love of food and we don't cook. And uh, <laughs> I thought uh, we should kind of add a little segment every year or every uh, podcast. I mean, uh, maybe get a food sponsor or something like that and uh, try to highlight some of the great uh, foods that we uh, love and we can find out there. Uh, I was impressed with what I ate at GPO. Uh, I'm going to try to put them on my um, food and beverage site and uh, give a shout out to them for hosting us. That was great. Um, You had some amazing nachos there. Uh, What else did you have this weekend uh, that you can point out as uh, great meals uh, over the weekend? Do you remember? Well, I, I, I would say this. GPO great nachos they they did something with their chips like where i I think they they seasoned them somehow like so that the actual chips themselves whereas it was so it was just so good so much better than just your normal tortilla chip it was really good awesome uh another thing that i've eaten during this weekend would be one of my favorite sushi spots Mm. uh i like to go to sushi bang it's kind of uh close to the canby street bridge okay great little sushi spot very affordable i love that place cool uh I, you know what i'm just gonna stop it right there <laughs> I'll, I'll give you more stuff later <laughs> <laughs> yeah well uh let's hope we can get some kind of uh, restaurant to sponsor us and then we can get some free food uh we're we're lucky we get free food on a daily basis through our, our jobs but uh on the weekends it's always nice to have somebody else cook for you and and I know how much you appreciate food. Uh, I don't know. My, my love of sports and my love of food uh, sometimes really uh, is about even. Uh, what about you? Uh, do you think you love food more than sports or sports more than food? 
why would you make me make that choice? Why would you do that? Like, like that's, that's, oh, oh, how about this? So I'll put it to you like this. I need food to live. So I'm going to take food. But I also need sports to enjoy my living. Food just edges out sports. Okay. Just. All right. All right. Because it you know, survival. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe uh, maybe I'll have you on as a guest for the uh, food site as well. And we'll... Um... We'll really dig into your love of food and uh, all the things that you <laughs> you do love. And I know you have a huge amount of Tupperware that you bring around to uh, make sure you get extra food whenever people invite you over. So, uh, yeah, very smart man, making sure that you're going to be stuffed for uh, the entire week every time you get a chance to go out. That's the deal. If you invite me over, I'm taking most of that food with me. And <laughs> that's just that's that's what it is. I remember at one point in time, one of my friends said, but Jason, I got kids. And I go, but you also have a full fridge of food. You're going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, uh, as I said, uh, amazing. It was fun to get together. Um, a lot of great football as usual. Uh, lots of people are talking about the big NFC East matchup tonight. Uh whoever wins this game will be the only team over 500 in this division and leading it uh, like last year, uh, pretty sad division. Uh, they, somebody, I think it was Washington that won it uh, seven and nine. I think they were. And uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, Cowboys are putting a stomping on the Eagles so far, 27, seven, 11 minutes left in the third. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't look good for the Eagles whatsoever. At all. I don't know if they have the capacity to come back at this point, but you know, there's still a lot of time left in the game. So I guess we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. <Question> mark? <laughs> yeah. Well, the Cowboys defense was super horrible last year, 473 uh, points. They allowed uh, most in team history. Uh, they they've had their first six players that they picked uh, on defense this year. And we talked about that last week. Uh, finally addressing uh, some big concerns that they had. But uh, tonight, really, the the biggest story is Ezekiel Elliott's finally let loose. Uh, he's got a couple touchdowns, uh, 12 for 73 with two TDs. Um, nice to see him finally getting the rock and getting that opportunity to show that he's still got it. Yes, exactly. And also, too, like, obviously, the offensive line is doing their job, making the holes for him to run through. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just nice to see Zeke uh, being Zeke and getting off. I haven't seen that for a while. Yeah. Uh, Eagles are making a ton of mistakes. Uh, they're averaging 11 penalties per game, most in the NFL. Uh, they have zero points on offense today, and the Cowboys' defense has been outscoring them. Jalen Hurts has a couple, t a couple turnovers through two picks. And um, it's, uh, yeah, it's not looking too good for the Eagles offense right now. Uh, Jalen Hurts isn't getting a ton of time to unleash the ball. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy how the, the Cowboys could turn around that defense so fast. Yeah, it, it is crazy. But also, too, I guess maybe owner Jerry Jones has listened to somebody that said, no, our defense, Jerry, not, not great. So maybe <laughs> – Maybe you want to address that. Like our offense is going to be good. It's good now. So defense, right? <laughs> Just, yeah. Focus on that. Yeah. Focus on that. Yeah. 
This is the uh, 27th primetime meeting of these two. And the last one was uh, really famous for Deshaun Jackson catching a huge touchdown pass, getting the ball and running. And just before the end zone, he just tosses the ball down. And he, they didn't, uh, he didn't cross the plane, didn't count as a touchdown. Uh, everybody was like, what the hell was that? It was a really, really sad move. And uh, I, I didn't realize that that was the last time they had played a primetime game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was That was a horrendous error on his part, like just utterly horrendous. Where it's just like, no, no, you're supposed to keep the ball in your hands until you cross the plane. And that is a touchdown. Like, yeah. But at least in Jackson's, uh, he learned from that because he, he had a long touchdown today. And guess what he didn't do? He didn't throw the ball away. <laughs> exactly, <Not> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, this weekend he made up for it. He finally got his first touchdown of the – year and it was another just uh, severe bomb that he ran under and, and caught for a long long td and uh, i think he learned his lesson uh there was a great um halftime ceremony three hall of fame cowboys that just got inducted were all honored at halftime jimmy johnson cliff harris and drew pearson uh nice to see and uh, remember some of the old good cowboy days and uh great that all three of those guys were inducted and honored by their team uh today yeah that that's fantastic to see it's, it's always fantastic to see when guys get that honor and they go into the ring of honor and stuff and those three are very deserving of said honor yeah the um cowboys have been decimated by a bunch of injuries and some uh, guys not able to play uh this news just came out today and it was pretty strange uh their defensive tackle leal collins uh, has been given a five-game suspension. He was trying to bribe the test collector for doing uh, drug tests. Uh, he had missed some multiple tests previously and uh, decided that uh, he wasn't going to pass this test, so he was going to try to bribe the collector to allow his friend to give him the this, this sample. And uh, he got told on, uh, he is in big trouble here. He's trying to appeal the uh, sentence, but um, I don't see it being reduced. Uh, uh, it's not something to take lightly, and uh, he must be dirty if he's doing something like this. How are you going to go for an appeal when you were caught red-handed? What is there to uh, what is there to appeal? Yeah. Like there, there, there's literally nothing to appeal. It's saying no. Like, this is what you did. So. <laughs> You have to take responsibility for your actions. Yeah, that's, it. that's it. pretty. Yeah, pretty tough. Uh, they have to miss their defensive tackle. Um, hopefully, uh, one of their draft picks can fill in and uh, help them out. But um, crazy, uh, crazy, crazy story coming out today in, in uh, Big D. Uh, last night's game was phenomenal. We had another primetime classic: uh, Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo went mano a mano, and it was. It was really fun to watch. Um, when uh, the Niners uh, uh, scored that touchdown, 37 seconds left, you thought, oh, they might be able to pull this off. But Rodgers uh, found Devontae Adams with two long bombs, set up the uh, field goal, and uh, Mason Crosby comes out, wins the game for Green Bay. And uh, that early first week blowout that they had, Seems like distant memory now. It looks like Green Bay's on track and got a huge win yesterday. I guess Rodgers was right. 
It's just one game. Just one game. Yeah, I think we're going to be fine. Yeah, it looks like he was right. Um, and Rodgers went to Adams all night. Yeah. That uh, last night, all night. Oh, yeah. 12 receptions for 132 yards, one touchdown. They couldn't stop. Like uh, the 49ers D couldn't do anything to that guy yeah. because you kind of knew where the ball was always going to go. And yet the ball always just got there, you know, like, <laughs> crazy. And, yeah. and there was even, there was one pass that, that Rogers made that even I was just like, okay, that's not even right. That's uh, that's just silly. Yeah. Where he, he not only got it past the guy that was rushing past him who almost took the ball. He also got out past the outstretched linebacker's hand yeah. just, and dropped it back shoulder to Devontae Adams. Yeah. It was a perfect catch. Like, it was just like, okay. That, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah that's, he's, he's just got such touch, and he just can deliver it exactly where he wants to. It's a, it's a phenomenal thing, and that's why most people say that, you know, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. Uh, you know, only having one Super Bowl. Uh, there was a lot of problems in this offseason, but looks like things have been mended, and he's he seems to be uh, – back on top doing really really good things and helping that team win uh 37 seconds left you think i don't know is that enough time but um bam bam he i couldn't believe he could find adams i i would i was shocked that they did double and triple team that guy because uh most of the other guys just aren't the same so it was kind of crazy well i maybe the 49ers thought this is the time that we'll, we'll get Devonte. we'll get him this time no actually you won't actually you will not get him this time and also, too, Rodgers is kind of a little bit like he's kind of like Brady. He's kind of like those top guys where it's like, ooh, 37 seconds. That is way too much time for me. Oh, yeah. thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah, it was it was crazy that um, they left that much time. They, I don't think they wanted to score quite then, but uh, uh just grabbed the ball and rumbled in and like went, oh, shoot, we gave him too much time. And, uh, poor, poor Niners. They, uh, they must have broke the hearts of all the Niners fans. But that's what um, that's what the Packers do, and Aaron Rodgers uh, ha- have done for many, many, many years. Um, we uh, we have a football goat, and we talk about him. It seems like every week we talk about Tom Brady, but there is another football goat that has been playing, and uh, he's the kicker for the Baltimore Ravens, Justin Tucker. Uh, absolutely has had a phenomenal career, uh, 50, 50 field goals in a row in fourth quarter or overtime. He set a NFL record with a 66 yard field goal yesterday to, uh, to get the victory, uh, bouncing it off the crossbar into the netting, uh, to give him the win, uh, Mr. Automatic. Uh, absolutely phenomenal career, and uh, it's kind of cool to see two goats in football playing right now. Yeah, it is phenomenal. I think he has the highest field goal percentage, too, of makes or whatever uh, in the history of the NFL, and uh, he, he showed why he's so good. 66 yards, man. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. How, did he, how do you even generate that much power to get it there? And also, too, with the correct spin. So yeah. it can hit the crossbar and bounce. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it's just it's absolutely incredible. What yeah. a, what a what a what a win for the Ravens. What a win, man. Oh man, that was amazing. Yeah, what a kick. What a what a victory. And um, yeah, it's he is phenomenal. He's hit uh, out of those fifty straight field goals in fourth quarter overtime. He's had twenty one forty plus 
and a 750 plus, and then this 66 yarder. Uh, there was a 68 yard attempt yesterday that fell woefully short, and uh, we'll get to that in a few minutes. But um, yeah, congratulations, Justin Tucker. He just uh, set that bar even higher. And uh, yeah, there's no doubt now that you are the greatest of all time kicker. So pretty wild. Um, let's uh, let's start in the NFC West like we normally do. Um, I mentioned the Niners early. Uh, they fall to two and one on the season now. Uh, Jimmy G, he, um, he looked really good in that second half. Uh, he was 25 for 40 for 257 yards and a couple touchdowns. Uh, his backup quarterback, Trey Lance, came in and, and ran for a short touchdown run. Uh, Trey Sermon got a TD run. Uh, Brandon Ayuk had a touchdown. Uh, and then that uh, Jusek touchdown uh, landed in the end zone. But as we said, 37 seconds left to go. Um, yeah, the Packers, um, it's crazy how they turned it around after that uh, Opening week loss, um, man, uh, I can't believe how good Aaron Rodgers looks right now. Yeah, he looks spectacular. But maybe that's just the thing. We we will, like, overemphasize the loss, where in that locker room, they're just like, yeah, well, you know, sometimes it happens, whatever. And they're, they're not they're not overemphasizing the loss. They're just like, well, just a bad yeah. game. But sure. we're a good team. So yeah. we're going to bounce back from that, which they did, which they have. They, they sure did, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, 49ers turn around and host the Seahawks in the late window Sunday in an NFC West showdown. Um, the other two in the division also face each other. Um, the Rams will host the Cardinals, and they're both undefeated at 3-0. and uh, So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great division. I can't believe the Seahawks are last. Uh, not too good start so far, but... Um, let's just let's talk about the other undefeated team there. Um, the the Rams uh, had a huge victory over the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, 34-24. Man, uh, they look good. I think they're uh, one of the teams that people are starting to say can really compete for the the conference championship. Uh, that was a, a really big statement win. Huge statement win, like. The Rams are good on both sides of the ball. They, they're just they're just that good. And getting Stafford looks like that's what's put them over the top. Yeah. Like that, maybe that was their one missing piece was this guy Matthew Stafford that you know got buried in Detroit and kind of people forgot just how talented he he is. But now we're beginning to remember. Oh no, he's actually pretty good. He's <laughs> actually pretty good. And so what did Stafford go twenty seven to thirty eight, three hundred forty three yards and four TDs. Four TDs. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. Amazing, yeah. Uh, that connection with him and Cooper Cup is phenomenal. Cooper was 9 for 96 with a couple touchdowns. Uh, we mentioned Deshaun Jackson. Uh, he broke out with three catches for 120 yards in that big TD. Um, he's got a great tight end in Tyler Higby, who had a touchdown pass. Uh, Sony Michelle had uh, 23 touches, 20 on the ground, and three in the air. Um yeah, really, really, really good. And then they got Jalen Ramsey and Aaron, Aaron Donald on defense. Uh, Tom Brady was great, but uh, just couldn't seem to get uh, these drives to get touchdowns like the Rams were getting. Uh, look at look at Brady's numbers. 
41 for 55, 432 yards and a touchdown. And he was their leading rusher, which is probably a not a good thing. Uh, that was kind of shocking to see him get a touchdown and also lead the backfield in uh, rushing yards. Yeah, that, that was kind of shocking because he's not what you would call fleet of foot. You know <laughs> what I mean? So, but, uh, but the other thing that really stood out to me in the Rams win was they did not turn the ball over. Right. They didn't, they didn't turn the ball over. So they didn't right. give Brady a chance to score off any turnovers whatsoever, which I think helped contribute to their win. Yeah. I'm not sure what was wrong with Leonard Fournette. Uh, three for 26. Uh, he uh, just, yeah, he just wasn't there. Uh, Ronald Jones was only five for 11. Actually, Fournette was four carries for eight yards through the air. He was three for 26. Um, their running back, Giovanni Bernard, uh, had nine catches for 51 yards and a touchdown, but uh, really weren't getting anything going on the ground. Uh, Godwin had a TD. Uh, Mike Evans uh, had 106 yards through the air. Gronk was four for 55. Um, you know, pretty good offensive performance, but they just weren't matching those touchdowns and uh, took the 34-24 loss. Uh, Tampa Bay play the Patriots next. Uh, Tom Brady gets to go home and and try to rub it in Bill Belichick's face uh, next Sunday night. Uh, so a week yesterday uh, in the night game, uh, and he is only. 68 yards away from becoming the all-time passing yards leader. He's going to pass Drew Brees. Kind of cool that he gets to do it in front of those fans that were uh, cheering for him for his entire career before he went to Tampa Bay. Yes, it's poignant, actually, that he's going to do this in New England. Yeah, he's in a different jersey, but, you know, I'm sure the fans will still honor and respect the fact that he's doing it on their field. Yeah. Uh, they probably won't honor and respect the fact that they'll probably get beat, but <laughs> they'll like the fact that Tom Brady's going to get that, uh, get that uh, respect and that. Yeah. I can, I can see that uh, being one of the biggest tributes ever. Um, they're going to be able to play so many highlights from an incredible career, the greatest of all time, uh, all these Super Bowl victories, all these huge wins in the playoffs uh, an amazing, amazing array of, of wins and uh, domination of a couple of decades. Uh, It's going to be probably hard to cut down the video tribute that they want to show at halftime for them. Yeah, because how do you get all those accolades into one video session without it being like, well, we probably got a half hour full of stuff. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We got a half an hour of content. Uh, But uh, it's just a testament to just how, great he is yeah. at his position of quarterback like it's just a testament that yeah no no i'm literally the best there'll probably never be anybody like me ever again <laughs> i can actually probably say that nope you'll probably never see anything like this ever again no yeah that's exactly right yeah exactly i don't think it actually be will be at halftime it'll probably be uh early on when he comes out uh you know they'll probably stop the game and just have a little bit of a tribute to him. I don't, I don't see any booze happening. Do you, why, why would you boo a guy that's done so much for your organization? I, I, I know that some of these tributes sometimes uh, was bad blood and animosity and they left and, you know, abandoned their team. LeBron James comes to mind. They're burning his jerseys, but do you see any New England Patriots fan booing this guy? Why would you? 
How could you? No, how, no, seriously. How how could you do that? Like you won six Super Bowls, six. Hey, like no, he's untouchable. You can't you can't boo him. All you can do is praise him. Like you you pray to him like a god. That, that's what that's what you're supposed to do. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so, uh, okay, well, that was a, a phenomenal game. As I said, the Rams play the cards uh, next Sunday. Uh, both All four NFC West teams will face each other. It's going to be, um, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch uh, uh, that shake out. Um, the, uh, the Seattle, uh, let's, uh, let's just talk a little bit about the cards now. Um, they, uh, uh, yeah, they faced the Jags. Uh, the Jags actually made a big trade today. Did you hear about the trade? No, I did not. Uh, the Jags were lacking in uh, tight end, so they traded their um, corner, C.J. Henderson, uh, for Dan Arnold. Um, they needed a tight end for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, C.J. Henderson was picked uh, number nine overall uh, last year. Uh, in his rookie year, he only played eight games. Uh, he had some injury troubles. He has a groin injury currently, but uh, by all accounts, uh, they think this guy's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal talent uh, going forward. And um, they they really needed to make a replacement. Uh, they lost a they lost a player last week um, to injury, uh, and so they they wanted to uh, make the uh, the uh, Carolina Panthers, sorry, uh, needed to make uh, an acquisition and fill in their um, their position there. And uh, yeah, I mean, he, pretty big trade. Uh, Dan Arnold uh, is a good tight end. Uh, I think he was uh, number three overall in, in uh, yards last year. And um, yeah, I think it was big for Jacksonville. Uh, sad that he has to go to a team that's not going to win much, leaving a team that's undefeated so far. Uh, those are always tough moves to see for guys. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 super tough for him. Um, but at least I guess Trevor Lawrence has a safety net, so to speak, with him now being his new tight end. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's not going to add up to you know it won't be world breaking. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not going to be change their fate, so to speak. I think the Jags are still going to be the Jags and they're not going to be very good this year. Yeah, that was their 18th straight loss. Uh, they lost 31-19 to uh, Arizona. Uh, they were leading this game early. Uh, at the end of the first half, um, Arizona decided to go for that 68-yard field goal that I mentioned earlier. Uh, it was short. It was grabbed right in the end, uh, back of the end zone. And the guy returned it 109 yards to tie the record for longest return. Um, Jackson went into the halftime leading and and uh, really feeling good about themselves. But uh, Kyler Murray and the Cards came out, uh, dominated that second half, and, and took the victory. Yeah. Well, you know what? Agnew again with a spectacular return. Um, that kid, that kid is uh, fun to watch. But unfortunately, there's still the Jacksonville Jaguars and. Uh, they did not do anything in the second half of that game. And Murray came out and said, yep, okay, enough of that. Let's, let's put this team away. Went 28 for 34, 316 yards. It was a rushing TD. Uh, Green had 112 yards receiving, and Kirk had another 104 yards receiving. They had a great game. Yeah. And uh, James Conner finally got on track. 
a uh, couple touchdown runs on 11 carries. Um, DeAndre was held in check, uh, which isn't usually the case. He only had three catches for 21 yards, but they didn't need him. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, um, man, uh, it's, it's tough. It's tough going in when you're number one overall pick. Uh, you're going to a team that's, uh, you know, the worst team in the NFL. Uh, he's um, hopefully not getting some PTSD troubles. And, uh, yeah, won't. Uh, I'm sure this is probably the most he's ever lost already in his uh, football career. Um, but, um, yeah, he, he uh, had another couple picks. Um, just didn't look um, super comfortable yet. And I don't know if they have a scheme yet to figure out how to utilize them better, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's tough when you're uh, so highly touted. You come from a usually a team that's undefeated. You're winning the Heisman, and, and then you go to uh, the worst team in the NFL, and they expect you to be the savior and turn it around immediately. Uh, it's not going to be the case here. Yeah, it's it, it's a tough position to be in because you're still a rookie. You're still kind of feeling your way around the league. You know, like you're you're, you're just not going to be spectacular like you were in college because now that you're in the pros it's a pro game and it's a different game altogether so he's going to take his lumps well heck he might take his lumps for a long time here but uh, eventually he'll get to a point where he'll feel comfortable yeah there have been 11 starts for rookie QBs this year and there's only one victory Mac Jones from the Patriots beat the Jets uh, rookie Zach Wilson uh, so, um, yeah, so far, not very good for any of the rookie QBs last year. Uh, we had Justin Herbert have a phenomenal year. Joe Burrow had a really great year until he got hurt. Uh, this year, these guys just, uh, don't seem to be able to, um, get some victories and, and, uh, yeah, sort of establish themselves as the new up and comers quite yet. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's going to take these guys some time because like their teams are, Unfortunately, they're not very good either. <laughs> it's just not very good. So um, it's going to take some of these rookies. They're, they're just going to have to take their growing pains with a, a little bit of grace here and just be patient with it. It's going to have to be patient. That's the way it has to go, yeah. Uh, Thursday night, um, the Jags play the Bengals. Uh, they've been able to create some really good primetime matchups this year. Not sure if this one's going to um, have the same – sort of cachet as these others, but um, that's what we have for the Thursday nighter. So uh, the last team in the NFC West is the Seattle Seahawks. Um, not used to seeing them on the bottom of the division, but uh, they took another uh, loss as the Vikings beat them 30 to 17. Um, the Seahawks are giving up a huge amount of yardage this year. I think it's the most yardage in the NFL uh, 440 yards per game they're giving up. Uh, Kirk Cousins was uh, just more than happy to utilize his weapons and fire it around. And Alexander Madison sure stepped in and filled in admirably for Dalvin Cook. Uh, what a game he had. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he most certainly did. He was basically Dalvin Cook. Uh, 26 attempts for 112 yards, six receptions for 59 yards. He had, a, he had himself a massive game with Cousins, 30 of 38, 323 yards, three TDs. And on top of that, the Vikings, to win this game, to really cement their win, converted 9 of 14 third downs. Jeez, wow. 9 of 14. Yeah, wow. Man. Unreal, man. 
Yeah, I'm not sure what's wrong with the Seahawks defense, but um, they've got to plug some holes. Uh, they had a hard time early last season. They sort of uh, about mid season, they sort of figured it out and uh, ended up having a good second half of the year. Um, they hopefully they figure it out sooner than this because uh, yeah, these other teams are streaking three and all three and all two teams on uh, top of this division. A, a one and two start is is really going to be tough to start making up ground. Um, Russell Wilson had a pretty good game, 298 yards through the air, uh, and a cup and a touchdown, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Tyler Lockett had quite a quiet game. DK Metcalf was his favorite target with six catches for 107 yards and that touchdown. Uh, Carson was pretty good on the ground with 12 carries for 80 yards and a touchdown, but, um, yeah, they weren't able to match, uh, the Vikings. And um, Vikings are finally got their first win. I was um, shocked to see that that was their first win after such a good performance. They looked super solid. Yeah. And also, too, I just want to point out, that's the Vikings' first win over Seattle in 12 years. Holy cow. They hadn't beat the Hawks in 12 years. Like, that's that's incredible. That's incredible. That is incredible. Holy cow. That's that's amazing. I didn't see that stat. So yeah, I'm glad you had that out there. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't think anybody expected the Vikes to come in there and, and beat the Hawks. Uh, I think a lot of people would have lost money on those bets there. So uh, and the Vikes host the Browns next Sunday, early uh, window. Uh, Browns are good. So it might be tough for them. Uh, as I said earlier, Seahawks host the 49ers. Um, and then another uh, thing was Jason Myers missed a 44-yard field goal in the game that ended a 37 straight field goal streak, uh, the fourth longest in history. Adam Vinatieri had 44. Mike Vanderjet, the Canadian, uh, 42, and uh, Gary Anderson, 40. Um, Jason Myers uh, has been pretty automatic. Uh, he hit another one uh, yesterday, but uh, missed that 30 uh, missed that field goal. Uh, 44 yards to snap that 37, 37 straight field goals. Um, pretty great streak for him. Yeah, no, that was an excellent streak. It's unfortunate that he couldn't meet, get into the 40 club. He was so close. Yeah. But you know what? He still has time. He can go for it again. He can do it again. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, we, uh, we've covered already a couple of games in the NFC North. With Green Bay uh, going to two and one, and uh, uh, who else we got? Miami one and two. The other teams that are struggling mightily in the NFC North. Uh, the Bears were absolutely just crushed. Uh, they had a total of forty-seven yards yesterday as they uh, they got beat twenty-six to six. Uh, by the uh, Cleveland Browns, um, uh, nine sacks, uh, absolutely. Fields was just running for his life the entire game. Uh, it was it was terrible. It was really tough to watch. Uh, they did not protect the guy at all, and he was just uh, completely battered the whole entire game. I prayed for Fields. I really did. And after seeing that, I was just like, oh, oh, oh. Oh man, I hope he makes it through this game <laughs> without an injury. He was literally running for his life. And Miles Garrett had a huge game, four and a half sacks. Yeah. He was in his face the entire time. It um the Browns defense was 
was vicious. They 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 came after him with uh with, with hurt on their mind. You know, Fields was hit 15 times in that game. Wow. 15 times, man. Scary, and the man. amount of yards differential, 418 yards for the Browns and 47 for the Bears. 47. Right? That's like you might as well not even take the field. You know, like <laughs> why are you even there? <laughs> yeah, it was pathetic, man. It was terrible. Um, you know, I don't know what the deal is, but uh, either Matt Nagy hates Justin Fields or <laughs> he's just completely incompetent because uh, it was like, okay, I can understand a couple sacks, two or three sacks, you know, that happens in a game. But once the guy's getting into four, five, he's reaching close to double digits, like change the scheme. Do something different here. Get get him to hand the ball off immediately, not just drop back in the pocket time after time after time with only five men protection. Like it was like, does he hate Fields or does he just want to prove that he was right when he said Andy Dalton's my starter and Fields are coming, you know, later on in his career? But it was it was pathetic. Like how could Matt Nagy keep his job? if it was incompetence that he was doing this with, because like you have to see this isn't working. Let's change it up. Well, yeah, you like literally you're absolutely right. Should have had like a seven man package with protection and see if that could have worked for the rest of the game because the five man stuff just wasn't, wasn't cutting it. So, you know, like, you know, I, I look at this game and I think to myself, maybe that this is, this should be something that Nagy should learn from this, which is, if you keep doing this to Fields, well, Fields will end up like that guy uh, from the Colts, Andrews, where he's just going to have to retire because he just got his beaten for his yeah. entirety of his career, and then you just cut his career short. Um, you know, like so, you, you gotta you gotta protect that guy. You gotta give him more time. You gotta give him a chance to like actually look downfield, not be like, oh, I'm just getting tackled <laughs> like again and oh, again man. and again. Yeah, it was it was absolutely so ridiculous. Like I've I've got some uh, analysis here. There was uh, 13 plays where he had a five man protection. He was pressured almost every one of those plays. Uh, three times they actually put a six guy in there. Um, they only moved the pocket and gave a run pass option on three occasions in the entire game. Uh, they only designed two quarterback runs. The entire game, which is ridiculous. One time they had seven men protecting him. One time, and only one time did they have motion at the snap. It was, um, yeah, just it was just sick. Like it was one of the feature games in the morning, and I kept flicking it back and forth. And I'm like, why the hell are they doing this? This is this is ridiculous. And uh, I have a quote here from Miles Garrett. Uh, as you mentioned, he had four and a half sacks. He said, uh, we really actually thought they were going to roll out a bit more, kind of move the pocket a little bit. Uh, <laughs> they they just gave him the opportunity to just keep dropping, dropping back, dropping back. And it was just awesome. It was just <laughs> awesome to keep getting back there and finding him there. And, and I was laughing and laughing and laughing when I saw the quote from him. Um, yeah, like. I can't believe uh, he must have just been like, holy cow, this is phenomenal. They're just, they're trying to get me the record for sacks in a game. This is incredible. 
yeah, Christmas come early for Miles Garrett. That's literally what happened. Where he was like, I get to rap this guy four and a half times. This is awesome. This is great. This is great. Yeah, but you're absolutely right, man. You should have done a little, something different with the scheme because the scheme wasn't working. Oh. It just wasn't working. But instead, oh. Nagy just goes, ah, you know what? We'll just keep trying the same thing over and over again. That oh. seems like it's a good idea. We'll do that. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I think he's probably going to turn to Nick Foles because uh, I just don't think he knows how to utilize fields. Uh, I think Foles will probably start next week. And they'll try to figure out a way to, you know, bring him back. I don't think Dalton's back for uh, two or three weeks or something. So, um, but uh, yeah, we better not see that again. Cause you know, I think, I think they'll just send him packing and uh, you know, find somebody else that can utilize who they have to the best ability. Cause that was terrible. That's uh, one of the worst performances I've ever seen. 40, Seven yards on 42 plays. Um, you can't you can't run an offense. You can't, you're never gonna win a game if you have some stuff like that happening. No, no, you will never ever win a game. Ever win a game. And yes, some of that has to do with the like fields since he's a rookie, but I, I I'm like you, I place all of that blame on the head coach. Like oh, he just, his play calling was off. Yeah, it was oh. sad. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, talk about some of the other teams in the NFC North. Um, the Lions uh, lost to Baltimore. We mentioned that earlier. Uh, the biggest telling play, though, in that entire game was uh, Lions had Baltimore pushed back deep in their own end, end and a fourth and 19, and Lamar Jackson was able to roll out, find his man, get that first down, march them down and, and give that chance for that 66 yard field goal. Uh, cannot believe that the lions lost another heartbreaker fourth and 19 and they gave up the first down. It was pretty bad. Well, and also too, the lions defensive scheme was wrong. Three man rush. Really? <laughs> so Lamar's just like, okay, well, I got a lot of time here. Do, 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 do. There he is. <laughs> oh, man. Like, wow. That's not going to work. That's not going to cut it, man. You got to put some pressure on that guy. No Three men? No. no. Yeah, it was, it was insane. I, I'm super shocked. Uh, Lamar was, um, you know, just, just uh, kind of average. Uh, only, you know, completed 16 to 31. 287 yards is pretty good, but he only had a touchdown and a pick. Um, he, he, he had seven rushes for 58 yards. Uh, his... T- Top target with Mark Andrews, five catches for 109 yards. Devin DuVernay had the touchdown. Um, the Lions were, you know, they were just okay as well. Um, maybe they didn't deserve this win. Um, they they really didn't do a lot through the air. Uh, their touchdowns were scored on the ground by DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Um, but, uh, yeah, Goff has went from the Rams to Detroit. And, you know, even if Goff is, is pretty damn decent, uh, I just don't think, um, you know, being on the Lions, you're going to be able to get a lot of victories. And also, too, let's let's be honest here. Goff is a step down from Stafford, yeah. clearly, right? Yeah. But at the same time, the Lions are not a very good team. <laughs> so Goff is going to do what he can, but, uh, you know, he needs help. They got out of it. They got yeah. like a tremendous amount of help. 
which he's not getting. No, he's not getting at all. Um, there was there was another halftime celebration for Megatron, who had been uh, put into the Hall of Fame this year, uh, but it was kind of marred by massive, massive, massive booing for the owner Sheila Ford Hemp. Uh, she uh, took the microphone and was trying to say some really nice things about Calvin Johnson. Was trying to. Uh, say how instrumental and great he was. Uh, the fans were not having any of it. They just mercilessly booed her, and uh, you could barely hear what she was trying to say about Megatron. It was pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> I guess the fan base is not too happy with the owner right now. <laughs> so they did not. They tried to boo her off stage. It's like get her off the mic. <laughs> No, oh, man, it was crazy. I was really shocked by it, yeah. Uh, Detroit plays Chicago next, so uh, maybe they get a victory there. Uh, and the Ravens uh, travel to Denver, who's uh, kind of a surprising 3-0. and So uh, we'll see uh, what shakes out there. Uh, in the NFC South, uh, the Panthers sit atop the NFC South with a 3-0 and record. Uh, I bet you absolutely nobody had that bet in Vegas that the Carolina Panthers after the first three games of the season would be leading the division. No, nobody would have had that bet. Nobody. But I, I feel really good for Sam Darnold, like where he just goes, I got out of that black hole known as the Jets organization. And wouldn't you know it? I'm winning. <laughs> I'm winning. I'm so happy. I'm, so, I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Isn't it crazy? You get out of New York. Uh, both New York Giants and New York Jets are 0-3. Uh, you get out of that black hole, like you say, and wow. He had 304 yards through the year. He had two touchdowns on the ground himself. And um, yeah, what a what a massive, massive change. And as I said, they made that big trade today, uh, and they've got C.J. Henderson. Uh, what happened on Thursday night when they – one uh, 24 to nine over Houston was their uh, safety. JC Horn suffered multiple foot fractures. And so they needed to find uh, somebody to, to replace him. Um, let's hope CJ Henderson can get over this groin injury that uh, caused him to miss Sunday's game against Arizona. Um, but um, yeah, Panthers. Uh, yeah. Panthers look you know, really good. DJ Moore had a phenomenal game, eight catches for 126 yards. Um, McCaffrey had a bit of an off game, which was kind of weird, but um, yeah, uh, definitely Carolina was the class on Thursday night against Houston. Yeah. Well, even with McCaffrey having an off game, but luckily they were playing the Texans. So, you know, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. Yeah, I, um, I feel a bit bad for Houston for sure. Um, yeah. Losing Deshaun Watson and uh, yeah, they just, they don't seem to have a huge amount of good defensive players or, you know, few offensive talent, but uh, you know, not in the same class. No, not in the same class at all. Like, you know, Mills did what he could in 1828 yards and one touchdown, but, and then cooks had nine receptions, 112 yards. And then that's about it. Yeah. That's it. There, that's there it. you go. Yeah. Uh, Panthers face Dallas uh, uh, the early game Sunday. 
Uh, Dallas is winning now uh, with 9.22 left in the four, 34-14. So 20-point um, uh, lead, you know, it looks like they're definitely going to take the uh, division lead here. Uh, and then Texans uh, play the Bills in Buffalo uh, early Sunday. And uh, Buffalo, after a loss to Pittsburgh, first game of the year, um, they're really rolling. Well, we'll get to how good they are right now. Um, I think Texans are in, in trouble. Uh, the Saints had a big victory. They're 2-1 and one now. 28-13 uh, to 13 went over the Patriots. Uh, Jameis was ton to 10 times better than last week. Uh, had a couple touchdown passes. They're not utilizing him a huge amount, though. Alvin Kamara is the guy that's um, really driving the bus there. Uh, 24 carries for 89 yards, another three catches for 29, and a touchdown through the air. Um, Callaway had a touchdown, and the backup QB, Taysom Hill, came in and ran a ran a touchdown. Um, yeah, Saints uh, – Saints have had one good game, one bad game, one good game. Uh, we'll see um, if uh, they utilize Jameis a little more through the year. I'm not sure, uh, but it looks like Kamara is uh, really back on midseason form. Yes, Kamara's back. He had a great game. And so the Saints D managed to sack uh, Mac Jones about three times, hit him 11 times in that game. Wow. So he was hurried all game. Uh yeah, the, the Saints team would not let up on Mac Jones. And for the first time since 2000, Patriots are 0-2 at home, which wow. was actually the first year that Bill Belichick was a coach, head coach. Right. I see. Uh, I think uh, – I don't even think Brady was a starter quite yet. I think uh, uh, he hadn't um, – yeah, he hadn't made the transition. So, yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, crazy. Um, uh, Mac Jones – as I said earlier, the only rookie quarterback to have a victory this year, but only one. I couldn't believe how much they relied on him. Uh, 51 passes, um, and that led to three interceptions, which uh, is always very, very difficult to overcome. Uh, like, yeah, why are they throwing, making him throw 51 times? Uh, you'd think they would you know, try to be running the ball a bit. James White was hurt. Uh, but he's more of a guy that they're utilizing for short passes, not as much running plays. Um, but, um, yeah, it seems ridiculous to uh, put your QB, uh, your rookie QB in there and, and expect him to, uh, you know, throw it over 50 times in a game and, and get you a win. Yeah, it, it, it does seem a little ridiculous. But then that just points to the fact that their running game was literally ineffective. That's why it's almost like the Patriots didn't have a choice. That's why they went through the air and they just took, uh, they took their shot. And unfortunately it did not hit. Yeah. As I mentioned earlier, uh, the Patriots host the Bucks on Sunday night football. It'll be fun to see Tom Brady come back and kick their ass. And then uh, Saints are hosting the winless Giants um, early, early window Sunday. So uh, looks like Saints can get another victory. No, uh, no trouble there. Um, uh, speaking of the Giants, uh, the Falcons beat them 17-14. Uh, uh, from all accounts, not a really great game here, uh, but uh, your Falcons were able to get their first victory on the season. Matty Ice looked pretty good. Um, can you say the name of the guy that got the big touchdown for them? Uh, can I... 
there's so many letters and vowels. Uh, I, I it's almost impossible name to uh, get out. No, I'm not even gonna try. No, I, I saw it and I was just like, okay, you know what? Pitt's got a touchdown. That, that's that's <laughs> what I'm gonna go with. <laughs> That other dude, I'm sorry, man. I I, I cannot pronounce your last name. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a tough one. Even his first name, uh, I think it's Olamide and then uh, Zacchaeus or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Cordell Patterson had a great uh, game. Seven seven uh, seven carries on the ground, and uh, no, actually, uh, yeah, was kind of held in check there. Um, but uh, Calvin Ridley. Not bad game. Lee Smith got another touchdown. Um, I feel sad for the New York football fans. Uh, it's pretty rough. Every week there's a loss in that stadium. They alternate home games between the Jets and the Giants in the same stadium. Uh, six losses there. Uh, pretty rough, man. Pretty rough. Well, the one thing that they could be happy about, not the game, obviously, was that the fact that they did retire – uh, the Jersey two-time Super Bowl MVP Eli Manning. Eli Manning. So that was at least a bright spot yeah. to a to a to a very very bad game because uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Giants had opportunities, but they had uh, two of their seventy-three yard drives failed late because of a sack, mishandled snap, and that's what cost them the game. So I guess the good thing about this game was the fact that Eli Manning went into the Ring of Honor. That that's your that's your takeaway. That's your positive. I guess that's it. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Mannings, uh, they had LeBron James on tonight uh, to break down some of the games. Uh, they had they had quite a few good guests, but LeBron James is the one that jumps out to me right now. Um, it'd be kind of cool to see some clips of him sitting there uh, commentating and and making some observations of the game. Yeah, I. Yeah, it'd be very interesting. I, I, I'm kind of interested if he understands the game, yeah. you know, to a certain extent anyways. I'm sure he does because he's a pretty intelligent fella. But, uh, it, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what he has to say with the two Manning boys. Yeah, it'll be fun. They, they've been really having a lot of fun. I, I, any of the clips I've seen, I've really enjoyed the commentary. It's been it's been really, really great. Um, and the Falcons uh, host Washington next. Uh, Washington's the last team in the um, NFC that we'll talk about. Uh, they were thoroughly outclassed by the Bills, fell to one and two on the year. Uh, the Bills are now two and zero after uh, firing on all cylinders last week with a thirty-five to nothing shutout over Miami, and uh, this one was a big forty-three twenty-one win. Uh, Josh Allen is just massive. Uh, 358 yards through the air, four touchdown passes and one touchdown run. Um, man, uh, he's putting his hat in the ring for MVP this year. He's looking great. Oh, he's looking fantastic. And the Bills have look like they're hitting their stride. They crushed Washington, absolutely crushed them. There was just uh, Washington had nothing, nothing they could do. They just got crushed. <laughs> yeah, uh, Zach Moss had a touchdown. Cole Beasley had 11 catches for just under 100 yards. Emmanuel Sanders had a couple of TD catches on five catches for 94. Diggs had six catches. Dawson Knox had a really phenomenal touchdown catch. 
Um, yeah, just wow, what a lethal, lethal offense there. Uh, for Washington, Taylor Heineke was just okay, but he threw a couple picks, uh, 14 for 24, 212 yards, two picks, but he did get um, two touchdowns through the air, and he scored one on the ground. Uh, Antonio Gibson had a touchdown, and uh, Logan Thomas had another, but, um, yeah, Washington was not in the same class as Buffalo on this day. Uh, the Bills host the Texans early on next Sunday. And as I mentioned, uh, Washington hosts Atlanta. So uh, turn to the AFC. We've covered some AFC uh, matchups, but um, there uh, we'll, we'll start in the West as we uh, have quite a bit this season. Uh, there are only two undefeated teams now in the uh, AFC, and they're both in that Western Conference. Um, the Raiders have been very, very impressive. Uh, you see the jersey behind me here. Uh, this was a Christmas present to my girlfriend, who's a massive Raiders fan. Larray uh, is former season ticket holder in the Raiders, used to live down there. And um, yeah, she was fun to watch that game with. Uh, man, uh, the Raiders had another nail biter, but pulled out an overtime victory there. Uh, very impressive start to the year for them. First time 3 0 since 2002. The year that they uh, won the Super Bowl, and um, yeah, they're uh, they're really really looking strong. Could this be foreshadowing? Could it be? Could it be? I guess we'll find out. But man, they look great uh, in their overtime win. Uh, Carr was fantastic, twenty six of forty three, three hundred eighty six yards, two touchdowns. Um, Barber, they were running back there, twenty three attempts, one hundred eleven yards, one touchdown. Uh, Rugs the third, four receptions, 78 yards. Renfrew had five receptions, 77 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, man, they, they were hitting on all cylinders. But they, the Dolphins came to play, though. They didn't yeah. make this win easy. They didn't make this win easy what at all. At That's all. true, yeah. Yeah, I was impressed. Uh, after Tua went down and uh, they named Jacoby Brissett uh, his replacement, I thought uh, Miami was going to severely struggle. And uh, they didn't look good last week, but uh, – uh, Brissett looked pretty damn good and uh, and really helped them uh, be in it uh, right to the very end. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brissett looked good, and his uh, favorite receiver to hit was uh, Gusecki with 10 receptions for 86 yards. Um, they Yeah, the Dolphins came to play, man. They really did. But uh, unfortunately, they just didn't have enough yeah. against the Raiders. The Raiders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jalen Waddle also had 12 catches for 58 yards. Pretty impressive. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's wild to see. Uh, I just saw a little bit of a different halo there. <laughs> weird. Uh, that was weird. Yeah. Okay. Funny. Um, so the Raiders play the Chargers next Monday, who's uh, obviously sh uh, sharp off that uh, Chiefs victory yesterday. Uh, Miami holds hosts the Colts. So, um, yeah, we'll see uh, if they can give the Colts a run for their money there. Uh, the team that's tied with Vegas at 3-0 is the Denver Broncos. I don't think a lot of people would have uh, thought that the Raiders and the Broncos were going to be the ones that were 3-0 and uh, to start the year and leading this NFC West. Uh, they pitched a shutout against the sad sack uh, New York Jets, 26 to nothing. Um, kind of had an easy time of it, really. 
Yeah, they really did. The Broncos de-dominated. Von Miller got his uh, fourth sack of the year. Uh, Johnson had two more sacks and a sack each for Shelby Harris and Malik Reed. Uh, their defense really stepped up and just shut the door on the Jets. Uh, Bridgewater, 19 to 25 for 235 yards. Um, it was just, uh, they just beat them badly. They just yeah. beat them into the ground and just kept beating them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Uh, they were de- dealt a bit of a blow though. Uh, KJ Hamler, one of their, uh, one of their wideouts, um, was hurt and he'll miss the rest of the season with a torn ACL. So, uh, I expect, um, them to maybe look at the waiver wire or pull off a trade and try to get, uh, some other wideouts in there. Uh, it's tough when you, um, only three games in lose a guy to a torn ACL for the rest of the year. Yeah, it's, it's it's super tough, and it's hard to replace that guy and his productivity. So they'll probably make a move and try to get something off, of, like you said, off the waiver wire. Yeah, uh, New York just struggled everywhere. Everybody, nobody did anything really. Uh, I feel sad for Zach Wilson there, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a another year where they're hoping to get a high draft pick, I guess. Uh, uh, the Jets host the Titans. Uh, doesn't look like a chance at a win there. Uh, Denver host Baltimore in that late window on Sunday. Uh, the the team that's third in the AFC West are the Chargers, who pulled off the biggest upset of the weekend and knocked off the Chiefs. Uh, Justin Herbert actually absolutely outshone Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he had four touchdown passes, and um, his big target was Mike Williams, who had seven catches for 127 yards and a couple TDs. Keenan Allen had a TD. Austin Eckler was great as well. Uh, had a touchdown there. Um, fantastic to see the Chargers doing so well. You and I talked about it last year. We we just saw them so close, so many games. We just really thought that this was going to be the year that we would see them emerge and be one of the top teams. Yeah, and they're turning the corner. They're turning the corner. Like, Last year, there would be no chance that they could beat the Chiefs. I would, I would say that very confidently. This year, completely different story. And here they are beating the Chiefs. Um, but the Chiefs didn't help themselves. Too many turnovers. Too mm-hmm. many turnovers. Like, uh, Mahomes played well, yeah. but four turnovers, two uh, committed by Mahomes, two interceptions. Even though he did have three TDs, uh, 260 yards, he had four turnovers like that against a really good team. It's going to be really hard to beat that team. Yeah. Really, really hard. And also, too, the Chiefs have been exposed to a certain extent. You can't always depend on Mahomes to always bail you out. At some point in time, the defense will have to step up and do their job. And what we're finding as the season is going along is the Chiefs defense is not very good. Yeah, it's uh, shocking, I think. They've given up the most points in, in the, the uh, league right now, and uh, they're really struggling. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be shootout uh, the entire year, and uh, Mahomes is probably not going to be able to win them all. Uh, he played pretty good, but, um, yeah, four turnovers. Usually when you're yeah, dominating on that side of the ball that much, uh, you're going to pull out the win. Um, this is crazy to see the Chiefs last in the West, uh, this is the first time since week six of 2015. Uh, first time since they had a losing record week 10 of 2015. Uh, first time consecutive losses since week six of 2019. And uh, Mahomes getting 
interceptions in consecutive games hasn't happened since week 15 of 2019. Uh, the other thing that emerged uh, after the game was coach Andy Reed uh, started feeling quite ill, uh, said he was suffering from some dehydration or something, had to take an ambulance uh, from the stadium to the hospital. Um, but great news today, he was released from the hospital uh, by all accounts. Um, uh, he seems to be back. A little scary there for everyone involved. Um, he's had a tough go of it with his family and, and uh, some health troubles, um, but really good to see that he's been released and they think he actually might be back in the building tomorrow. Okay, that's, that's, that's good news because it's always scary when something like that happens and the coaches rush to the hospital. So it's, uh, it's uh, encouraging to know that he's going to be all right and that he's healthy right now and he's settled. Yeah, since Mahomes and, and Andy Reid's been there, um, they've been perennial winners, a very, very um, you know, tough team, one of the best teams in the league, and it's really surprising to see them struggling a bit. Uh, and But, um, yeah, all, all thoughts were on Andy Reid's health. Uh, so glad to see that he has been able to uh, get released from the hospital and um, everything checks out. Uh, KC also had a, a big news today. They signed... Josh Gordon to be um, a receiver. Um, great move if he can stay out of trouble. He's had a lot of trouble staying out of out of trouble, and he's had some substance abuse issues over his life. Uh, he is a, a an incredible weapon, but um, yeah, he just doesn't seem to be able to keep it together. Hopefully, this this opportunity will finally uh, get him to get stable and um, yeah, just just play some football and. And enjoy the um, enjoy KC. It's a great team to go to. Yes, and if he can keep it together like this, because let's, let's be honest, this is his last shot in the league. This is it. Yeah. And if he can't keep it together, there's going to probably be no more shots after this. So I wish him the best of luck. I hope that he can stay on track and stay focused and just keep it the football, man. Just keep it the football. Yeah. Because if he can, he's going to help this team tremendously. Yeah. You sure will. Uh, as I said earlier, the Chargers host the Raiders Monday night football one week from tonight. Uh, the Chiefs go to Philly to face the other team that's playing tonight. So um, short weeks for both those teams. Um, okay, so uh, let's see. Uh, we've covered the entire AFC East already through all the other games. Buffalo leads the division two and one. Dolphins and Patriots are one and two. And the Jets uh, are at the bottom of the division, 0-3. Um, we have covered uh, some of the AFC North. Uh, Baltimore sits at 2-1. Cincy also sits atop the division at 2-1. And, and they beat the Steelers. Um, they send the Steelers to the bottom of the division. And uh, after the Steelers had that huge win against Buffalo week one, uh, they've come crashing back down to earth. And uh, all today I heard is uh, – Ben, Big Ben's too old. He should retire. He's he's just doesn't have it anymore. Uh, week one, they were saying, "Oh my God, he's so great! What a team!" Um, and, you know, two two weeks later, he's uh, out the door. They want to put him out to pasture. Uh, <laughs> these overreactions this happen way too often in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, they do. And yeah, he, he, it's it, you look at the stats. It's not that bad a game. Like, you know, like he 38 for 58, 318 yards of TD, but two picks. 
but it's not it's not that bad <laughs> it's not like he should be put up the pasture immediately but unfortunately uh, the Steelers just are just not are not playing great football at this point in time they are not and the Bengals are Joe Burrow was fantastic 14 of 18 just 172 yards with three TDs yeah. with one interception but three TDs altogether um, and the Bengals controlled the line of scrimmage for long stretches on both offense and defense. That's where they really won this game, yeah. was at, at that front line there. Yeah, uh, Steelers were definitely missing T.J. Watt. Huge, huge, huge loss to not have him in there. And um, that, uh, you know, stopped their um, rushing attack uh, uh, or their pass rush. Um, the Steelers need to address and try to get some better ground game. They've been trying to... Uh, figure that out in the last few seasons, and that's really, really been one of their uh, crazy troubles. Uh, 58 passes from Ben. 58. Like, what the hell? That's way too much. They got to have a bit of balance there. Uh, Najee Harris, uh, he he did carry the ball 14 times, but he only had 40 yards. But they threw to him 19 times, and he caught 14 of them. Um, that was crazy to see. Uh, I think that's been the most targets in about five, six years for uh, a running back. 19 times um, he uh, was throwing the ball. He had 102 yards through the air. And our, our guy from Abbotsford, Chase Claypool, had nine catches for 96 yards. Uh, great to see the Canadian uh, still um, one of the top weapons that they utilize. Yeah, I know. It, it's great to see him still being successful for the most part, but unfortunately the team is not enjoying the same success as he is. Yeah. So, um, and then also too, uh, Burrow found his favorite receiver, uh, Mr. Chase, four receptions, 65 yards for two TDs. Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, that does seem a bit of a distant memory that went for Pittsburgh over Buffalo, but um, hopefully they can, uh, yeah, bounce back. Uh, they have a really tough task next week against Green Bay. And the Bengals uh, host, as I said, host the Jags on Thursday. So um, not as tough. Uh, the last game and the last, uh, yeah, the, the ASC South uh, last game that we want to touch on was Tennessee. Uh, they sit top of the division now. Um, they had a, another massive game from Derrick Henry. Um, he's just such a weapon. And uh, they get the big victory. Uh, looking, looking really, really, really solid. That team, uh, really great on offense, and and a hard team to beat when Henry's uh, just rumbling through the uh, through the defense like this. Yeah, twenty-eight attempts for one hundred thirteen yards. He had a great game. Tannehill, eighteen and twenty-seven, three TDs, two two with two interceptions though. Um, yeah, Tennessee just really controlled the game, uh, put the game away going on a 14-play drive, tuning up 70-22 of the clock in the fourth, uh, which uh, which really cemented their win with Bullock hitting a 32-yard field goal at the end there. So yep. great win by the Titans. And uh, the Colts, uh, I don't know if they could go with Wentz because they were very limited in their offensive selection because of the fact that he's playing with two sprained ankles, which is actually pretty incredible that he's played. Yeah, I'm, I was actually surprised that he did he did play, um, but uh, they probably don't have much options behind him, so uh, yeah. he was out there. But, um, yeah, the Colts didn't have a lot to offer um, and uh, took the 
Uh, took the loss 0-3, sitting down at the bottom of the AFC South with Jacksonville 0-3, Houston 1-2. I think Tennessee is going to run away with its division this year. It's going to be an easy walk in the park to the playoffs for them. Yeah, I, I believe so too. Uh, with looking at their schedule, looking ahead, uh, the, te- the, te- the Titans have a favorable schedule going forward. Yeah, they do, yeah. Uh, yeah, phenomenal week uh, of football uh, as always. Man, I'm, I'm enjoying the NFL this year. It's uh, It's been really, really fun to watch. Uh, so many tight games and a lot of great stories. Um, Dallas is a minute away from taking the victory, 41-21 as it sits right now. Uh, yeah, Dallas will be first in the NFC East. So, um, okay, I mentioned Abbotsford with Chase Claypool. Uh, did you know that there is a huge game in your hometown, Abbotsford, BC, Canada, tonight? Did you hear about it? No, I did not. What, the, what, what, uh, the Abbotsford Arena is full to the rafters. Uh, biggest crowd they've ever had there because they are hosting a game between the Vancouver Canucks and the Calgary Flames. Uh, pretty exciting that Abbotsford is going to um, – be able to have their, their home fans get to see the hometown Canucks and uh, get to uh, maybe hopefully kick some flames ass. Yeah. Okay. So it's a preseason game and that's awesome. That's awesome yeah. that they're hosted, that they, they get to host it out there and uh, people don't have to drive into Vancouver to see. They just can just rumble on down the road. And then yeah. that's, that's fantastic, man. That's great. I'm, ex- great I'm excited for them. I'm so excited to see the Abbotsford Canucks out there this year. I plan to go to a bunch of games and I'm really happy that they honored them with a, a game with the, the, the top team, the, the NHL team. And that's great. Uh, the Canucks lost last night, five, three to the expansion Seattle Kraken. The game was played in Spokane, Washington. Uh, there was a big crowd there for cheering on the new Seattle team. Uh, it'll be, um, yeah, it's kind of wild. Uh, Flames have always been sort of their biggest rival geography-wise, but Seattle's closer. Uh, it should uh, start creating a, a big rivalry, especially if Seattle can um, be competitive this year. Well, if they can just do what uh, the Vegas Knights did, you know, yeah. <laughs> they'll be very competitive. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see. But, you know, I've always thought that uh, Seattle should have had an uh, NHL team years ago. They yeah. should have. I know. Because geographically it just made sense. So I'm just glad that they now do have a team and they're in the NHL. Yeah, that's fantastic to see. And it makes me feel like uh, we might get the Sonics back in Seattle and, and finally, uh, yeah, have um, that arena filled with the NHL and NBA. Uh, let's really, really hope. Uh, speaking about the world of hockey, I want to give a shout out to Jim Hewson, the longtime hockey night in Canada play-by-play uh, man. He's in the Hall of Fame. He was a guest of this show last year. Um, he decided to retire this week. I uh, made the announcement. Uh, good luck, Jim. Good luck in your retirement. Thank you so much for being a guest on our show. And uh, I hope to see you in the community at any uh, hockey events. And I, I just uh, wish you nothing the best. Uh, I appreciate um, you coming on and, and giving me your time. And um, also uh, for all the great uh, games that you've called over the years uh, that I've had the pleasure to watch. Uh, it was uh, an, an amazing, amazing career. 
and uh, you'll always go down as one of the legends in the sport. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for everything and good luck. Yeah, a legendary career by a legendary broadcaster. Uh, just nothing but mad respect for that man. So enjoy uh, your retirement. Enjoy the rest of whatever you decide to do because uh, you've earned it, my friend. You most certainly have. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you and I watched a, a retirement ceremony as well on the weekend. We saw Justin Morneau get honored by the Minnesota Twins before the Blue Jays game the other night. Um, really great to see the Canadian gets a, such an amazing ceremony. There was tons of old Twins uh, players there. Uh, he entered into their uh, ring of honor and was, um, yeah, really uh, treated well. It was great to see the new Westminster boy. Uh, get his just due and be considered one of the greatest twins of all time. Yeah. He, and he, and he really soaked it up. Like he talked for a long, long, hold on a second, long time. <laughs> he, he went on for a bit, but Hey, hey he yeah. earned, he earned the right to do that. And uh, it was cool to see Justin Morton get his just desserts. That was great. Yeah. Was so great. I'm really hoping that he'll come on. Uh, he's a former neighbor of mine and uh, friends of friends and really love to get him on as a guest and talk about that ceremony and his amazing career. Um, okay. Let's finish the show off with the NBA. Uh, quite a bit of news came out today because uh, today was media day for all these teams. Uh, lots of stories emerged because uh, some players uh, did not report to media day. Uh, the biggest story so far is that Kyrie Irvin did not make the trek into New York because he is unvaccinated, uh, refusing to get a vaccination. And um, this will stop him from playing all his home games and some road games this season. Uh, it'll definitely hamper the ability for Brooklyn to um, chase that title that we said they were probably favored in the Eastern Conference to get. And uh, Kyrie just seems to always have some controversy following around. There's always just stuff coming from him, but uh, really not a good showing so far as they are trying to assemble for a training camp and get ready for this upcoming season. But am I surprised? <laughs> no, I am not. <laughs> I am not surprised. Um, I understand that, you know, making the choice to get a vaccine is a very, very personal choice. I get that. I understand that. But at the same time, I would think since you're getting paid a tremendous amount of money that you have a certain responsibility to the team and a duty to the team as well as, as an employee of said team. So with that being said, I do not see this being resolved anytime soon. I think if anything, Kyrie Irving will dig his heels in and will definitely not get this vaccination. So uh, what will the Nets do with that going forward? I don't know. Maybe they make a deal. Maybe they trade for Ben Simmons. Who knows? But at the same time, they have other superstars on that team. And would KD and Harden, would, would they even allow that? Would you piss them off too as well? Yeah. That wouldn't be good either. So I think uh, the Nets are in a very, very tough position so to speak. They sure are. Yeah. It's really not a, a good uh, way to start the season. And 
surprising that um, yeah we're having to uh, you know hear about some of these stars that uh, just refuse to get it. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar really uh, came out and slammed the unvaccinated players, and he said the NBA should mandate that they uh, ha- have to get it vaccinated, or they just can't even play whatsoever. Um, the state of New York said that uh, no player, unvaccinated player, can play any games. So any of the games he plays in Brooklyn, any of the games they play in, uh, against the Knicks, uh, the Nets, uh, or uh, you know any of the teams locally there. Uh, also, San Francisco has that mandate. Uh, Toronto has that mandate. Uh, will not allow vaccinate, unvaccinated players across the border to play the Raptors. So um, he's really cutting into um, the amount of games he can play. And uh, they were talking about uh, extending him this offseason. They haven't done that quite yet. Uh, he was eligible for a four-year, $182 million extension. And um, I don't see that extension getting signed unless he just does decide to get vaccinated and um, yeah, put this distraction behind him. Yeah. So you, you can't pay a man that much money. if He's not going to be able to play. You know? so it, it is, it is very counterproductive. You just can't pay him that. You can't pay him that. So, and it doesn't look like Kyrie is too concerned about making that money like at all. Yeah. He's more concerned with making sure that his stance is felt and heard. So, yeah, again, the Nets are in a very, very tough situation. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, this is unprecedented territory, so I'm not really sure if they're going to be able to withhold some salary. Uh, if he won't play, uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, James Harden was also eligible for a uh, contract extension this offseason, um, he can sign a deal for three years, $161 million. If he waits well, the rest of this season and becomes a free agent, he's eligible for a five-year extension. Uh, so we'll see what shakes out. He can probably make a bit more money, uh, but he did make an announcement today. It's not about money at all. I just want to win. So um, we'll, yeah, we'll see if that's the case, if he's really being honest there. A couple of the other players that uh, are unvaccinated, there's a small percentage. I think they said it's about 10%, uh, but Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, and Andrew Wiggins were the three names that sort of jumped out to me. Uh, I was really surprised with Booker and Wiggins, especially not really with Bradley Beal, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be tough for these teams. Uh, Their stars are refusing to get vaccinated and they won't be able to play in many of the games. Um, I don't know what they can do. Like you say, maybe they make a trade. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, because even if you make the trade, well, that team that gets that player still has the same problem. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, you can't, you can't play in a lot of our games, so this is great. So I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. And I don't even know if the league can make them do it. At this point in time, I don't think there's anything in the CBA that says they can. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer to this conundrum is. Yeah, it's something that will have to be worked out as the season goes along, and then we'll see. Like, because I know that the union is always going to be on the players' side, so they're not going to make their players do anything they don't want to do. No kidding. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Clay Thompson uh, is supposedly on. 
on point and uh, should be ready for opening game of the season. Uh, that Andrew Wiggins distraction with Golden State is there, but uh, great to see Clay Thompson finally looking like he's going to be able to play after missing a couple seasons. Uh, somebody that uh, uh, won't play right away is Zion. He had foot surgery yesterday. Um, he had a broken foot uh, in the summer and he broke his uh, fifth metatarsal on his right foot. Um, and so they're thinking he might be ready for a regular season start, but hampered uh, through this preseason with injuries. Last year, he had uh, some bad thumb injuries, has struggled with knee injuries. Uh, this is a guy that uh, might struggle his entire career with injuries, uh, just with the body type he has and the way he plays. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the organization is going to be very, very, very careful with him. So they're not going to be rushing him back at any point in time. They're just going to take their time, and then he'll, he comes back when he comes back. If anything, they'll probably give him more time to recover than yeah. less. Yeah. Uh, ben Simmons says he's not reporting to camp. Um, he was absent today at media day. Uh, they're pretty concerned about that. They didn't expect it, they said. Um, lots of uh, his teammates have been trying to convince him to come and, and play and uh, just be there until a move is made, but he refused to come. Yeah, yeah, that, that seems untenable. That, that situation right there in Philly seems very much untenable. Uh, I think Simmons is digging his heels in. Uh, he's going to be, they're going to find him to hell and back obviously, but I don't think it matters to him anymore. Yeah. And the longer that he stays away from the team, the less trade value he has. So he's really putting the 76ers in a very, very difficult situation. Daryl Moore is just going to, eventually I think he will have to capitulate and he'll have to move him because, yeah. or or he'll get literally nothing for this guy. Yeah, nothing. crazy. That's tough, very tough for them, yeah. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. signed a big deal today. Five years, $207 million extension with the Nuggets. Uh, Jamal Murray will not start the season, uh, so they really needed to get Michael Porter Jr. under contract. And, um, yeah, great, great deal for him. Uh, he has been that third option. Uh, we'll probably have to be that second option until Jamal comes back. Yes, yes. And, he, and you know what? Uh, Well-earned. It's a well-earned extension. He played well. He's played well in the, in the playoffs, um, and he's still improving. The only thing, my only concern with Michael Porter Jr. is his health, and as long as he can stay healthy and stay on the court, all is well. But I really do hope that he is taking his health and his well-being and is uh, keeping himself in shape at a, at a premium. He's, that's a priority for him because it has to be. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, health, uh, Kawhi Leonard will not start the season. They don't think he's still recovering from his injury troubles. And, uh, there was some odds that came out today from Caesars sports book, the odds to win the MVP of the NBA this year. And, uh, guess who is the favorite to win the MVP in the NBA this year? Uh, that's, uh, Kevin Durant Luka Doncic Oh Luka He's <laughs> made the leap Third year in MVP 
Yeah, that's what they're saying. Uh, Giannis is uh, second best odds. Uh, Kevin Durant is third. Joel Embiid fourth. Steph Curry fifth. LeBron James sixth. Damian Lillard seventh. Nicole Jokic, the uh, defending NBA uh, MVP, is there. And then Booker and Trey Young. So um, a lot of superstars there, a lot of amazing players. But, uh, yeah, I was really surprised to see Luka as being that favorite to win the MVP. Uh, well, uh, I guess a lot of people think that he's going to make yet another massive leap. Uh, but he, well, he's really good. So it's, not, it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility that he wins MVP, for sure. Um, one of the uh, audibles that was played yesterday, I think this was Derek Carr in the Raiders game. Uh, he steps up to the line and he looks around and realizes uh, he can do a, a play audible. Uh, he started calling out Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard. Uh, try to take a guess what type of play Damian Lillard is. Pass play. Yeah. A long, long pass play. Yeah. <laughs> a deep, deep pass deep. play. And uh, that's what they did. Uh, they threw it really, really long and deep and uh, completed the pass. Uh, kind of wild to see. Tonight I'm watching the game between Dallas and Philly, and they started yelling out, Bob Ross, Bob Ross, Bob Ross. <laughs> and you know what Bob Ross is famous for? Uh, his, his artwork, right? Right, yeah. And so guess what the play was? A draw. A draw. <laughs> so that's, that's, pretty <laughs> that's pretty wild. Um, I don't think the defense caught on quite quite quickly enough and realized, hey, what is he what is he gonna why is he saying that name? What would <laughs> be the play call? Uh, it was too late. They uh, pulled off the draw. But uh, yeah, pretty wild uh, to see those two names uh, yelled out as audible no I, I i love the fact when the when the teams have fun with it with their audible play calling like it's just it's it's cool for the fans too as well oh yeah super cool okay um ufc we haven't covered ufc we went really long here but uh let's cover the ufc a little bit uh amazing ufc 266 we mentioned that we got together and watched it i really can't wait to uh dig into it but I do want to mention two things before uh, the UFC had their international fight week this week. And we had uh, the UFC induction ceremony and George St. Pierre, uh, our, our you know, favorite Canadian, one of the biggest reasons why we're big, massive uh, fight fans and, and uh, great to see him finally inducted into the UFC hall of fame uh, long deserved. And uh, what an extraordinary career. Super great to see him uh, finally get his due. Yes, obviously, yeah, fantastic to see him get in. Um, just, uh, just, uh, just, just a legendary career yeah. by one of the most well-respected uh, fighters in the UFC or formerly of the UFC, and uh, it, it, it just, it makes every Canadian happy to see this guy succeed. And to see him get his uh, his respect that he's due by getting into the Hall of Fame, um, you know, uh, was a champion at uh, the welterweight for so long, mm -hmm. and then became a champion again at middleweight. Um, he did everything as he went through his career, yeah. and uh, I, I couldn't be happier for the man. I really could. It's awesome. Uh, 
I'm going to just share a little thank you that he uh, had on the podium there. Uh, I've got a, a little clip that I'll, I'll drop here. Let's check it out. Yes, here it is. Okay. Oh, is it gonna play? <laughs> Always fun, hey? Yeah, yeah. Technical difficulties. Yeah. Here we go. Thanks to the fans. I have the best fans in the world, and they have been loyal to me and for what I stand for. They stuck with me even when I took my four years off from fighting. I especially want to thank the fans in Canada. Wherever I fought in Canada, I could feel the love in ways I never thought possible. Merci. <laughs> yeah, just a short clip, but uh, kind of nice that he did. Uh, acknowledge his Canadian fans and, and how much uh, he was supported and he felt the love from them for his entire career. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Um, he, he was, he's like, I guess you could say our shining star mm -hmm. in, in uh, mixed martial arts. And uh, he just represented Canada, the best of Canada at all times, at all times. Yeah, so it was a fantastic night, uh, but uh, some crazy story emerged after the ceremony, um, John Jones and Alexander Gustafson had a phenomenal fight years ago. It was put in the Hall of Fame as one of the greatest fights of all time. And uh, for some reason, John Jones didn't really celebrate. He ended up that night getting arrested, put in jail uh, again. Uh, this, is, uh, this is just an ongoing thing with this guy. And um, you'd think that he would have just been super happy would have celebrated with his friends and family. Then he would have went home back to his hotel room and crashed out for the night. But 5.45 a.m., he gets arrested for uh, domestic battery and damaging some vehicle. And uh, here we go again. Uh, this guy just does not seem to know how to stay out of trouble. No, he does not. Um, I believe uh, Dana White has already come out with his uh, comments saying that the, the man's got some dark demons and he most certainly does on a, on a night where he should be celebrating the fact that, you know, he got into the hall of fame and this is a great honor. Um, he didn't honor himself. What he did was the exact opposite. And he put himself in jail. Like where you just have to wonder, well, how does that happen? How do you get from this point to that point? That doesn't make any sense to me. So, um, he clearly needs some professional help. Hopefully he gets it. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say. Yeah. Yeah, I, I looked at a bit of his history. Uh, it's just crazy. Uh, he was arrested for uh, driving while intoxicated in 2012 after he crashed his Bentley into a telephone pole. Uh, 2015, he was charged with hit and run. 2019, disorderly conduct at uh, some kind of strip club in, in Albuquerque with a fight with a waitress. 2020, aggravated uh, drinking and driving and use of a firearm. 
and he's failed multiple drug tests by USADA, uh, forced out of the USC 200 uh, in, in 2016. 2017, he received a 15-month suspension for a drug test that was positive. He's only fought eight times in eight years. His last fight was February 2020. Uh, but, um, man, this is... One of the guys that most people consider one of the greatest uh, fighters in mixed martial arts history and the UFC. Um, but um, yeah, just, just cannot stay out of trouble. Uh, he has two um, brothers who have been in the NFL. Uh, one is retired, one still playing. And I, I haven't heard any of the rest from these two guys, but um, just that uh, record there just is brutal. It's so tough. I can't believe that a guy can't figure out how to stay out of trouble. Yeah. The only person that I can beat John Jones is I guess John Jones. And he's really good at beating himself. Like really good at it. So I, he could have had possibly one of the greatest careers we've ever seen yeah. ever. But unfortunately, because of all these, these things that he's done to himself, we're not seeing that. Yeah. And it's a shame because uh, we've missed out. George St. Pierre, complete opposite, you know, never got in any trouble, just an exemplary, humble man, uh, phenomenal career. And then we got John Jones, same induction ceremony, uh, two of the most complete opposite human beings that we could ever have. It's, it's too bad. I really wish that there was more guys like George St. Pierre to represent the sport well and, and less guys that like John Jones that just doesn't uh, seem to know how to conduct himself um, in the legal way and uh, tough, but um, let's focus on the USC 266, which is a phenomenal card. Uh, fight of the night went to uh, Alexander Volkanovsky and Brian Ortega. A phenomenal five-round battle that um, really was super exciting throughout the whole entire fight, especially the third round when Brian Ortega had two submission attempts that were super close to finishing the fight, and Volkanovsky came back and finished that round, uh, beating him on the canvas where Ortega was almost not even able to continue. Um, but what a hell of a fight. What, what two huge warriors. And Volkanovski kept his, keeps his belt with a big decision victory. Yeah, because uh, the first two rounds were an absolute, like, they were fighting in a phone booth. Uh, the combos that they were throwing were, uh, <laughs> they were things of beauty. They really were. Yeah. And then in that third round, that was Ortega's best chance to win that fight. I want to say, since I had Ortega win in the fight, that he was literally centimeters away from locking up that first guillotine choke when he knocked him down with the left, uh, left, left hand. And he was, I, I, I swear, he was so close. Volkanovski being the champion that he did, powered out of that. And then a little bit later on, Ortega was able to chain it into yet another submission attempt with the triangle choke, which was deep. And again, I thought, oh, he got him this time. And he almost wanted to tap, but again, battled out of it like the champion he is, ended up on top, rounded, pounded. And I could tell that Ortega was definitely dazed at the end of that round. Um, I believe that was the round where Herb Dean had a long look at Ortega to say, okay. Anybody in there? Anybody at home? No. Are we, we going to be good? No. And he let it go. He let it go. Um, but the, after that point, that's where Volkanovski really took control of the fight. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah. 
Uh, they both got 50K for fight of the night bonuses. Um, but uh, Volkanovski came out um, o- over the weekend and said that he was really uh, mad that uh, Herb Dean gave Ortega such a, a big opportunity to get himself back. Um, he said he talked to him way too much. He asked him questions that he wasn't even answering, wasn't looking in the right direction. He uh, he said he actually saw that his corner uh, helped him up off the mat to go to get him back onto the stool. Uh, he said that, um, you know, he he saw Herb and the doctor ask uh, Ortega four questions that he answered wrongly to. Uh, so how does the how do they evaluate that he could continue? Uh, it was, um, yeah, when I looked at it again, he was right. Uh, Ortega wasn't looking properly. He was really looking super dazed, and he didn't answer the questions the right way. It was really shocking that Herb gave him another chance. Well, it was a good fight, right? So, you know, <laughs> I guess there's certain things you're just going to, well, let's pretend like none of that happened. Get in there and win the fight. All right, <laughs> yeah. let's do this. Yeah. But you're absolutely right, man. Like, if you do these things, then you're going to actually have to do them the right way. You can't just ask questions. Be like, okay, so what state are you on? Uh, Wyoming. Yep. Yep. No. <laughs> How old are you? Did you say seventy-eight? <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. If you're gonna do these things, then and if if your job is protect the fighter, which it is then you're going to have to protect the fighter. Yeah. Uh, possibly, hey, we saw the same fight. I thought, nah, he doesn't look right at all. He just <laughs> doesn't. But at the same time, he went out there and he fought. Yeah. Uh, he's probably going off muscle memory, but, you know, cool. We got to yeah. see <laughs> Yeah, it was shocking. He's tough. You know, these guys are tough. We say it every week. But, uh, yeah. yeah, he probably shouldn't have been allowed to continue it because he was pretty dazed and confused, so. Uh, okay, uh, the co-main event um, had Valentina Shevchenko defend her belt again. Uh, Lauren Murphy, obviously outclassed. We we all knew this was going to be the case. Um, Valentina and Amanda are you know two elite fighters in the women's uh, UFC, and uh, nobody seems to be able to uh, compete with them except each other. Um, she finally got a knockout victory. Uh, late in the fourth round and uh, continues on. Um, yeah, Lauren Murphy was, is a great fighter, but just not in the same level. No, not, not in the same level, not in the same dimension, not in the same stratosphere. Yeah, so yeah. basically Shevchenko beat her at everything that's mixed martial arts. Uh, landed the crisper power shots with both her hands, her, her feet, legs, uh, took her down at will. Uh, but was still cautious because you know so Lauren Murphy is a, still a dangerous opponent. Yeah. So it took her to the fourth round to finally take her out. I kind of think if she had stepped on the gas more, it could have been sooner. But you know, she fought her and she took her time dismantling that uh, that uh, her opponent. Yeah, she sure did. Yeah. Uh, the, the fight that uh, sort of garnered the most interest going into this card was the return of Nick Diaz from a six-year hiatus against uh, ruthless Robbie Lawler. Um, and this didn't disappoint. Uh, another five-round fight. Uh, this was supposed to be held at 170 pounds. And Nick Diaz said, there's no way I'm getting down to 170. About three, four days before, he said, nope. 
We're fighting this at 185. Cannot make 170. And you and I observed Nick Diaz looking uh, chunkier, looking uh, more moon-faced than we had ever seen him in our lives. Uh, really surprising that he wasn't able to get in tip-top shape, but he still had a really good performance. Uh, super fun fight while it lasted. Uh, he seemed to finally um, fall to a shot by Lawler, hurt his knee, couldn't continue. Um, but uh, fun fight. I, I was really glad it, it did finally happen. Yes. Yes, it was. I was a little bit worried because pre-fight, some of the comments that Nick Diaz was making, uh, a little worrying yeah. <laughs> where you're just like, okay, is he, is he into this? Does he, does he want to win? <laughs> but you know what? Once he got into the octagon, well, he's still a Diaz and he still fights, man. So they fought in a phone booth for two rounds. That was some of the, some of the best stuff I've seen in a long time. That was a great fight. Yeah. But unfortunately, when it came to the third, Lauder got that shot, knocked Diaz down. But I guess as he was falling, he must have hurt his, hurt his knee, maybe heard something pop. And so he and he was just unable to continue. Kind of sucked that the fight ended that way. I've never seen a fighter that won a fight more dissatisfied as Robbie Lawler was. Yeah. He definitely did not want to win the fight that way. But he gave Nick Diaz all the respect that was due. Uh, loved his warrior heart and spirit. And it was a great fight. Post-fight, Diaz was actually interviewed as well. And, well, I, I, I don't know what he said. So, yes, <laughs> good fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that was kind of crazy. Um, they, they shouldn't. Uh, they shouldn't really very often talk to the losing fighter. It's that's not gonna usually turn out very well. And uh, I think um, Joe Rogan always had that policy: is you know, no, if if it's a losing fighter, I usually stay away. Uh, he did interview Conor McGregor on the ground there, but uh, I haven't seen Joe Rogan do that very much. But um, the heavyweight battle between Curtis Blades and Jarzinho Rosenstrike was, um, you know, just a, a formula. Blades just took him down, was able to hold him down and, and grind out a, a victory. Uh, I think Blades is the best at takedowns in the UFC heavyweight division and uh, was able to use his advantage in this fight and get a big win. He went through the path of least resistance, which is, I'm just going to grapple this guy and get him to the ground so that he can't hurt me with strikes on his feet. And that's what he did yeah. for three rounds straight. And Rosenstrike, unfortunately, his takedown defense was not up to par to Blades' uh, grappling. And uh, there you have it. Blades with an easy win against Rosenstrike. Yeah. Very easy. Uh, speaking of easy, uh, I also thought the Jessica Andrade was uh, able to easily handle Cynthia Calvillo. Um, Jessica is uh, another one that's really, really uh, on a different level. Uh, she seems to just be uh, such a pit bull, um, you know, testosterone uh, pumping through her, her body. And uh, she seems to overmatch these women that she faces for the most part. Well, this, this, this fight was your typical power versus finesse and power one big time. <laughs> she just completely outpowered her opponent. She was very good at making the octagon very small for Calvillo, where she, all of a sudden she didn't have anywhere to go. Yeah. She was trapped. 
And then once she trapped her, she really put a hurting on her. Once she hit her with those power shots uh, at the end of the first round, hurt her, and then just kept hurting her until the ref had to dive in and, and rescue Calvillo. And that was the end of it. Now, I wanted to say she, Jessica Andrade, first woman, 20 fights in UFC. Yeah. Second most wins behind Nunes, who has 14. Andrade had 13. And second most finishes for Andrade had seven and Nunes had 10. Wow. So fantastic. She's had a fantastic career and continues to have a fantastic career. Yeah. Oh, she's up there. Definitely. I, I mentioned Nunes and Shevchenko as being, you know, really, really elite and higher and above. But then there's that second tier and Andrade is definitely right in that second tier and uh, has had an amazing career. And I think, um, yeah, will, will, will for many more years to come. She's she's a very an elite, elite fighter. Um, the uh, feature fight on the prelims was probably the comeback of the year. Uh, Marlon Marais had Marab Devashvili in all sorts of trouble, had him flopping around the ring like a fish out of water and uh, was super close to having this fight finish. And uh, Marab came back in the second round and got a massive uh, knockout victory. Um, what a hell of a comeback. It was incredible to watch. I'm going to say this about De Devashvili. His cardio and his endurance is almost superhuman because he took some major shots and was actually able to, to recover enough in the first round where he got dropped and it looked like it was over. By the way, I give the referee all the credit in the world for letting that fight continue. And then at the end of the first, ended it with ground and pound and had a daze Marice going back to his corner, which is yeah. just absolutely incredible. If you saw how that first round was going and you're like, oh, no, Marab's in a, in a world of trouble here. But then he got out of it. He grinded it out. Like, guys like that, you have to knock them completely out <laughs> or else they're just going to keep coming at you. Yeah. They're just going to keep coming at you. That was amazing. Yeah, that was an incredible, incredible comeback. Uh, yeah, the, the, all the credit in the world to the ref. You know, 99% of people would have stopped that fight because he looked like there was no chance of him coming back. Uh, but um, he got 50K for that comeback victory. And, um, yeah, well-deserved. Uh, an amazing, amazing performance to come back there. Um, Dan Hooker had a, a nice decision win. That was a great fight to watch. Uh, do, you, do you want to make any comments about that one? Well, yeah, I, I just thought that Hooker – um, it, it's his the efficiency with what, the way he fought was was impressive. Yeah. He 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 just he took what was given. But the one thing that he did do was he took the center of the octagon and had Hackerass fight him on the edges of said octagon. So he had more of the control. And uh, when he took his takedowns, um, he kept him down, and he would not let him back up. Uh, it was. A great win by Hooker. Great win by Hooker. And even in the clinches, when he did have him up, he utilized his knees really well. Um, yeah, it was a, it was it was a dominating performance by Hooker. Definitely, you're right. Yeah. Uh, the other 50k bonus went to Chris Dawkins for his big KO victory. A um, couple of knockdowns, 
uh, ground and pound and was able to get his fourth straight stoppage win. Uh, these Dawkins brothers coming into the UFC and really dominating. Uh, look out, uh, heavyweight division. Uh, he's he's for real and he's tough and he's going to get a lot more knockout wins in his career. Uh, he's fast and he's strong and uh, this looks like a contender uh, for years to come. Yeah, I, I've never seen so much spittle fly out of a man's mouth from being hit by a punch. Uh, that's that's the kind of power that Dawkins brings to the table, though. And a very, very efficient, dominating win by Dawkins. Yeah. Uh, we didn't see much of the UFC uh, early prelims. Um, uh, Matthew Semmelsberger uh, took out uh, Martin Sano. 15 seconds into the fight, uh, crazy big early TKO, and that was uh, sort of the um, feature of the early prelims. Uh, what a fun night. I'm super glad we got together and watched it. I enjoyed myself immensely, and I, I can't wait to do it again. Yes, I, I, I did as well. And uh, maybe next time we'll be able to get some other of our friends will be allowed to join us well if there's significant others allow it we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed exactly yeah yeah we sure hope so uh yeah it would have been great to see some of the other guys uh out uh yeah i, I like getting together with a, a big group uh but it was nice to see you and keith and uh we had fun it was um, really really cool uh looking forward to this card coming up this weekend um tiago santos and johnny walker uh, two Brazilians having a, a big battle against each other. Uh, I'm leaning towards Santos in this one. Johnny Walker's tough, but um, I think he's still too inexperienced uh, to take this victory. I'm going with the guy that has a hammer on his chest. Yes, I'm going to go with Santos. Uh, the, his power is no joke. Yeah. No joke. So that's what I'm going for. And my favorite fight of this card we just talked about the one Dawkins boy, so it's time to talk about the other. Kyle Dawkins, Kevin Holland. That's going to be the fight nice. of this card. I am super looking forward to that fight. As soon as I saw that fight, I go, oh, oh, oh yes, yes. <laughs> oh, this is great matchmaking right there. Great matchmaking by two guys on the come up. Oh, I'm super excited for that fight. Oh, super me excited. too, yeah. Can't wait. That's going to be amazing. I'm glad. We get to see the Dawkins brothers back-to-back uh, -back weekends. Uh, welterweight fight between Alex Cowboy Oliveira and Nico Price will be really good. Uh, we got the Canadian Misha Serkinov facing off of, against uh, Christoph Jodko. Uh, great to see uh, Aspen Ladd in there. Uh, there's going to be a, a ton of good fights on this card as well. Um, the feature fight on the prelims is Joe Selecki and Jared Flash Gordon. Uh, we've got a uh, Shevchenko uh, also on this card, Antonina Shevchenko, um, Valentina's sister. Um, yeah, it's uh, looking great from top to bottom. I'm uh, super excited and uh, really great to see another good fight night from the USC Apex. Yeah, yeah, I'm super excited as well, especially like that. The main card, uh, considering it just followed up after UFC 266, is very strong. Yeah. It's quite strong. So I'm looking forward to a, a great night of fights again. Nice. Okay, man. Well, this was fun. Uh, stretched it out a little bit longer as usual, but uh, um, man, uh, lots of great things on the weekend. Uh, I'm glad, as I said, we got together. We uh, 
got to have some beers, got to have some uh, UFC and, and uh, obviously some great NFL football and uh, lots of stories emerging from the NBA. Uh, it's going to be fun. I can't believe um, we're on the cusp of some NBA preseason games already. Uh, this is a great time of year for sports. Yes, it is. And it's going to be even better once the NBA starts in October. And then it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, I, I love October. I love October so much. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Super excited. Yeah. Okay, man. Well, uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. Have a great week ahead. I got one more day off, so uh, I'm pretty sure I'll be texting you a little bit through the day. Any uh, emerging sports stories? And, um, yeah, looking forward to uh, talking to, to you a little bit later on in the week. All right. I am looking forward to that as well. So, I guess don't work too hard tomorrow. I, I know I – well, I'm, I'm actually going to be working very hard tomorrow. But, yes, but you, you take it easy, okay? Okay. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Cheers. All the best. Cheers. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you, as always. Uh, what another great episode that was. Uh, tons of fun. Uh, so nice to see Jason twice in two days uh, uh, or three days, I guess you'd have to say. Saturday, Monday. Um, just want to do a shout out to our partners and sponsors. And let's just um, quickly. Uh, let's see. How do we pull that up? Uh, okay. It's uh, it's not there. So, um Yes, of course, we've, uh, we've got uh, great partners and sponsors. Anchor FM, the greatest place to, easiest place to make a podcast. Fantastic for posting on multiple podcast platforms for us. Uh, Verbero, the hockey uh, industry and apparel company. And uh, we've got Forever Living, the aloe vera company for health and beauty products. And uh, Pampas and Possibilities. Uh, check out our website. Uh, all the details are there. Support our partners and sponsors as always. And uh, tell your friends, tell your family. I hope you enjoyed yourself here. And um, yeah, lots of podcasts coming uh, in many different areas. Go to completemedianetwork.com and uh, find your passion on there and uh, support us. Uh, really look forward to talking to you soon. Have a great week ahead. Love you lots. Take care of yourself. Bye for now.